Calling All Mama Bears on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Johnny, and this is another episode of Pushback. I'm so glad that you joined me again, starting season number five, and I'm going to reference frequently episode number one last week because it's going to set an outline Uh, vision uh, for this upcoming season. Uh, I'm very excited about this. I um, am also feeling urgency and a a real move in my spirit uh, regarding the topic of we are killing our kids. Now that seems like such a negative, dark um, sentence. But as I mentioned in last podcast, I believe it's it's the one common denominator of humanity. It's the one thing that most, I'm sure we'd score over 99% that people would want what's best for their children. It's not 100% probably, but it's got to be pretty close. And I believe that if we can find that conversation about culture and about what is best, uh, I believe that we can transform culture, we can begin conversation to bring about real change even to those who don't believe in God um, and his magnificence, there, is his, there, there are his ways. And uh, his ways are significant because the definition of culture is the sum total ways of living passed down from generation to generation. And I believe it's that generational piece that I really want to focus on this year And I talked about last podcast, and again, if you haven't heard it, I encourage you to go back even before you listen to this one. And I've identified really four realms of influence, four realms of people who bring influence to our children. And they all happen to start with the letter P, and the most important being parents, and what I call pseudoscientists, politicians, and Pharisees. And throughout the course of this year, season five, I'm going to address all of these. And so I want to dive right in on this podcast with the first P, and we'll be spending some time on parenting. Now, parenting is the right word because we can talk about a lot of different things that parents need to do or the way they need to act or the best program they can connect to or or what we expect a parent to be. But really, the answer is, what parents need to do is to parent. (laughs) I believe it's the word the Lord actually gave us and in it contained within the word parent is a calling that is like no other. There isn't anything else like it. And anybody that would try to equate any other human relationship to parenting is misguided is just simply incorrect. There is nobody else that can parent your children. It's been given to you. It's a unique position that's afforded uniquely to parents. 
It's an exceptional word. It's a unique word. It's a noun and a verb. It's a person, a parent, but it's also what they do. They parent. And parenting is key. Now, the question is, does the Bible tell us what parenting was supposed to originally look like? And the answer is yes. In the book of Genesis, it, it actually draws out very clearly what our role is in parenting and actually having dominion here on this earth. See, we were designed to, to represent heaven's culture here on this earth. And we were supposed to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. It was a, a our children were supposed to reproduce the culture over the face of the earth. The culture of Eden. And Eden was a reflection of heaven itself. So in Genesis 128, it said, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis 2.15, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. So the question is, what is it? (laughs) And the answer is the culture of Eden. The culture of Eden was supposed to be tend and kept, (laughs) tended and kept. That's what it was supposed to be. And it was a beautiful place, but it also needed to be stewarded. Mankind was placed there to actually, to actually steward the culture. And the first couple that was there were supposed to parent that. They were supposed to reproduce, like physically have children, and to parent those children in the culture of Eden. They were to subdue it. They were supposed to have dominion. They were supposed to tend, and they were supposed to keep it, the culture. It's about connecting to the Father's voice connecting what he had for us, and this is what he created for us. So the Bible speaks volumes about it. These are four words that were intended for good, because that's what he is. He's a good father, isn't he? They're in relation to each other, and they're demonstrating the culture of the father, and it was intended for us to lead our families and the world. I'm going to spend just a couple minutes talking about these words, because I think they are so rich when we unpack them. My wife and I have the privilege of teaching the Value the Voice parenting course, and we unpack these words even in greater detail. But the first word is dominion. It's the center word. It's the word rada, R-A-D-A-H. And it refers to authority and not force. We think of dominion as, I will dominate you. But actually, that's a misunderstanding of the word dominion. Rada is linked with the idea of imaging God, or representing, or representing, representing God, showing God's characteristics. So Radah is now what we might think of as forceful, but should be the kind of authority that enables things to develop and open up as they should. I believe that's one of the most powerful parenting statements that could ever be made, and it's made in Genesis Genesis chapter 1, at the beginning, he gave us the kind of authority that enables those to develop and open up as they should. That's what it means to have dominion. That's what it means to parent. Super powerful word. The second word is to subdue. The Lord actually made the world unsubdued. He gave us the authority 
to subdue the earth. It's the word kabosh. You probably have heard people say, put a kabosh on something. The word subdue actually means footstool or to put under your feet. It's subduing something. It's actually to bring something in line with its nature for its own good. And the good of all else. These are huge, powerful words. To bring in line with its nature for its own good and the good of all else. Humanity's subduing of the earth implies effective action to bring the earth into the state that it should be, an alignment, a state of dynamic shalom in which blessing emerges. Human beings are a necessary part of the process and central to God's plan. Like Radah, Kabash seems to imply to subdue for the good of things. It's not for our own convenience, our pleasure, our resource, or to, to dominate or to control but it's for the good of those, for the good of all else, to bring into alignment. The third word is to tend. It's the word abad. It means to serve or execute, to till or to dress. Some formative action for the sake of the object, to develop or help the object. Are you getting the picture? It's for their good and for their development. It's to serve them. It's to till them and to care for it central to parenting. And the fourth word is shamar, which means to keep. Shamar seems to refer to the careful keeping that watches over an object, careful observation and attention. Even in relations to God's commandments, he tells us to keep his commandments, not to obey his commandments. It's interesting. It's the word shamar. It's a more powerful word because it's, it's fuller and richer than to obey them but actually requires our care and our attention when we keep his commandments. Isn't that beautiful? We want our children to keep our instruction, not just to obey us, to keep it, to have dominion, to subdue, to tend, and to keep. These are all cultural truths given to us in the first two chapters of Genesis that are central to parenting so let's relate those to the culture in which we live today. See, there's something that happened in the 60s and 70s that is critical for us to understand because there's always been, since the beginning of time, really since Cain and Abel, there's been a pushback against authority, sort of bucking authority. That has always been the case because sometimes we have a rebellious nature. But in the 60s and 70s, I believe something shifted from bucking authority to there is no authority. And that was an ominous change in our culture. A very significant change that's happened over the last 50 to 60 years. And it has directly affected this realm of parenting, which has directly affected our children who are dying I said it before, the culture that was created over the last 50 to 60 years isn't working. It will never work. No matter how hard we continue to try to push it or create a narrative around it, it simply doesn't and will not work. And we are seeing the evidence and the fruit of this culture, and it's been destructive, and it's been killing our children. It's been compounded by this promiscuous lifestyle, children born out of wedlock, divorce. Parents, parents now are thrown into a culture with one hand tied behind their back because this was supposed to create some sort of utopia, some sort of freedom, but instead it's created a, a slavery and, a, and in, people are, are bound 
by a culture that is destructive and has limited the ability for parents to thrive and to be everything that they were created to be, to operate in dominion, to subdue, to tend, and to keep. It's made it harder. And what I mentioned last podcast, I believe we're at a, such a dangerous crossroads because I believe that the culture now is doubling down on the ideology, not recognizing the destructive pathways, not seeing that it isn't working. They're actually double downing, double downing. They're, 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 they're pushing all their chips into this cultural philosophy saying it's not working because we still just aren't trying hard enough. See, I believe the woke ideology is actually birthed out of this culture that says what we're doing isn't working, so we have to try a little harder. We have, now we need to control you because you are not complying, because the results and the evidence are not there as we expected them to be. So because of that, we actually need to go a little bit further. We need to, we need to, go, we need to take our extreme position even further because that's bound to work. This has to work. So we're going to continue to try. We're going to continue to beat a dead horse. It's not good enough just to, to hypersexualize our society. Now we need to start at an earlier age. Do you see how that's happening? It's not because hypersexuality isn't wrong or, or living all of your sexual wants and desires. It's not that that's wrong. It's just that we haven't started early enough. So we're at an ominous crossroads where the culture is now pushing even deeper, even though the evidence is showing that it's not working. And that's the goal of my podcast this year is to prove it to you, to prove it to you that it's not working. If you look up on the internet, uh, different resources on different parenting styles, you'll be amazed. There's helicopter parenting. Tiger parenting, dolphin, jellyfish, octopus parenting, elephant, ostrich, jackhammer parenting, Velcro and snowplow parenting. And I'm sure there are many, many more. These are just general surface searches. But they're all designed to intimidate, humiliate, and ridicule parenting. Why is that the case? Because they're, they're doubling down on the notion that you don't just buck authority, but that there is no authority. And it's super important that they eliminate the last remnants of authority, which is parenting. And we see it now, don't we? Parenting under attack because parents are the ones that are the only ones still in the way from the indoctrination of children. And the indoctrination of children are, is killing our kids. And, and the permissive um, uh, parent, the one who sits back and allows the public school to steer the, the moral culture of their children, uh, the parent who sits back and allow their children to find themselves and to, and to exercise their own authority, those parents are killing their children. <laughs> I can't say it any clearer. It's, it's, it's alone, vulnerable children. I hate the term helicopter parent. Helicoptering is describing in a pretty decent way this notion of shamar to keep our children careful observation and attention. I'm not talking about some sort of weird hyper control, but I'm saying that it is absolutely our responsibility to hover over our children and to watch over them and to initiate careful observation and attention 
That's what we were created to do. And I believe every parent wants to do it, but they were trying to, now they're trying to disempower and humiliate us by labeling it something like helicopter parenting. Do you realize how grotesque that is? It's like what we're actually created to do and to be. I'm their father. I will absolutely hover over them and give them careful and watchful attention because it's my job. It's what I do. I remember we were driving through South Dakota and we came across this herd of buffalo, <laughs> bison, and they were coming across the road, like the freeway, like one of the interstates. And as they were crossing, there were probably 50 of them crossing the road. Of course, the traffic was completely stopped and we were the first car and we were in our big suburban and it felt little <laughs> next to this, these bison that were crossing. But there was one gigantic bison that was standing in the middle of the road and he was staring at me. He never took his eyes off of me. And he stood there motionless like a statue staring at me as all of these other bison crossed behind him. He stood there keeping watchful attention he was making sure that I was not a threat. And believe me, I wasn't. I wasn't going to get out of my car. Maybe took a picture or two. But I was no threat. And he stood there until the last bison had crossed. And then he broke out of his statue mode and walked across. That's what fathers do. That's what parents do. You know the culture of the mama bear. If you get between a mama bear and her cubs, you are in a world of hurt. Nature has proven that over and over again. And that, I believe, my friends, is the culture that needs to be restored, is that nobody, no one, no ideology, no thing, no textbook, no latest and greatest craze, no even forms of humiliation or shame, is going to separate me from my children. I believe that abortion is the ultimate sacrifice. It's a human sacrifice on the altar of a broken culture. It's the, it's the most egregious demonstration of a broken culture. Mother Teresa said it over and over, any country that accepts abortion is not teaching the people to love, but to use any violence to get what they want. This is why the greatest destroyer of love and peace is abortion. This is a separation of a mama bear from her cub. And the mama bear is allowing it. The mama bear is the one with the picket sign defending it and fighting for it. There's something broken and something wrong. I believe if we want to end up abortion, if we want to end abortion, we should raise up a generation of mama bears. Let's do that, parents. Let's, let's teach our children to value life, value life inside of them, value life from each other and towards each other. This is what parents do. We need to absolutely watch over our children. I believe there are these four Ps, these realms of influence, but I believe if we can attack this first one, this parenting, I believe we might not even have to talk about the other ones. 
I think things will fall into line as we steward what is given to us. It all comes back to the original culture. That's why I went to Genesis, because we have to know what the Father's original heart was for us as parents. And, and what his heart was for us is that we never relinquish what is ours. We cannot relinquish what is ours. It's the first step to restoring culture is taking responsibility for what actually belongs to you, parents. I'm sorry to make statements like we are killing our kids, but a parent who is permissive, a parent that allows anybody in between the relationship between you and your cubs is destroying culture and destroying our kids, separating them from the very people that were designed to tend and keep them, to protect them, to allow them to grow and develop as they should. This is what we're seeing in our generation, is a generation that isn't growing and developing as they should. So whose responsibility is that? It's the parents. It's the key. If I can connect with you even over these next several weeks, this first part of the series, you as parents, I believe everything can shift. It requires an incredible amount of intentionality, inconvenience, a lot of heart-to-heart -heart discussion and, 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 and modifying even the ways that we live and seeing the things that are influencing us and coming in between us and our cubs, mama bears and papa bears. This is our time. No one else can parent your children. I'm going to say it again. No one else can parent your children. It's yours. It's your responsibility. It's a wonderful responsibility. He's given you the tools to actually do it and to do it well. And so we need to bring a shift to the culture. And it starts with us knowing who we are, knowing what we were created to do, and to do and activate his will here on this earth. We can do it. We must do it. This is the first call. This is the stepping stone. This is the beginning part. If I could pick anything else, this would be the target. Targeting parents to be empowered into what they were created to be on behalf of their children. And not letting the enemy or any other thing step in the way. With that as inspiration, let's go together now to set and shape the culture. Oh, 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 oh,